It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. I welcome you once again to another Estate Planning Essentials podcast and radio program. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., owner of KWM Radio and co-host of this program, painstakingly seeking to protect your family or assets and you. And I'm sitting with my co-host, my attorney, my friend who should be your attorney at least. He is our Dallas estate planning expert, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm really doing well because you and I have been doing this program for 10 years now and it never gets old, never gets tedious. I always learn new things and I can almost guarantee this program will be no different that we're about to do. And it's because of what we're going to talk about, which a lot of people, Michael, I'm not sure that everybody knows what it is as obvious it is to you because you've been doing it for decades now. But that concept of power of attorney and how that applies to people, what it is, when they should have one, when they shouldn't, et cetera. Yeah, I, you know, I think that powers of attorney may be perhaps the most important document of all. Interesting. You know, everybody always thinks about wills or perhaps trust. Um, first of all, what is a well, there's different types of powers of attorney. First mm-hmm. of all, there's there's financial and then there's medical. Okay. And on the financial, you could have it where it's um, you, you can make as broad as you want or as limited as you want. So it's not like one form. So I think that um, uh, we had somebody last week that just wanted to limit to one issue. So we say, I want this person to have the ability to sell my real estate, for example. And that's it. I limit that power to deal with real estate transactions. Okay, you could do that. Uh, A power of attorney is only good during life, and it should be durable. Durable means it's good during disability. Mm. I remember one time we got something from either uh, a Schwab or a Fidelity, and they had their form that they gave to a client dealing with their specific type, their specific uh, institution. Mm And they had me look it over, and I said, oh, it's not durable. So what's the whole point? The whole point is usually to have it good during your disability. A power of attorney terminates, by the way, on death. On death, okay. Um, a lot of people think we want it to only be effective upon disability. Well, that adds a problem. Uh, we want it to be effective generally, immediately, if it's the person that we trust. You know, last week we talked on who should be a trustee, who should be the fiduciary. And we said, one of the conclusions we said, it's got to be somebody that we trust. Well, the same thing is true here, because a power of attorney uh, is also a fiduciary. 
In fact, if you, if that fiduciary, unless there's powers granted in the power of attorney that allows, if they take money from the person who was the principal, the one who signed the document, so under Texas law, the one who signs the document's concern is considered the principal, and the agent under the power of attorney is considered the agent. Uh, so it's not like you sign as power of attorney. You sign on behalf of somebody as their agent. Mm-hmm. Makes under sense. the power of attorney. Now, what, what do you, when you say fiduciary, as, as naive as that sounds, and I know what it means, but what is your definition of fiduciary so the audience under even understands I that? I mean, it should be somebody. They have a spur, higher responsibility. If you're the trustee of the trust, you have a responsibility for a, the trust and make sure you do things or do, do it right. Like a moral or ethical responsibility? Well, it's, a, it's an actual legal, legal. obligation. Okay. And if you don't, uh, people get sued. And actually, under the power of attorney, if you took money that didn't belong to you, it's even a criminal act. How about that? Okay. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. So a fiduciary is to a higher standard. You know, you think about a trustee, they have to, uh, on investing that we talked about last week, they may have to make sure that they invest in a wise manner. Uh, for example, uh, you've heard of modern portfolio theories mm-hmm. uh, that they have a diversified portfolio, mm-hmm. et cetera, as opposed to uh, investing in wildcat oil wells. Right. No, it makes sense. You and I are fiduciaries because you're an attorney. You have a higher standard. I'm a radio station owner. I have higher standards that I have to meet. So it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, as people live longer, they're more likely to be incapacitated. Now you can have people act for you anyway as an agent immediately, but generally they don't do it unless something bad has happened to you. And as people live longer, um, you know, it's like more likelihood of disability. Uh, so everybody should have a power of attorney, not just think about what happens at death, but also what happens during life. And the power of attorney is only good in, uh, during life, and then it terminates on death. And it doesn't have to be necessarily um, just dealing with cash or something like that. Mm-hmm. It could be signing a contract. Let's say somebody had to... Oh, sign a, a lease, mm-hmm. and they lack capacity. Mm-hmm. Could be an assisted living, could be a nursing home, could be just even a lease someplace else. How would somebody sign? They have to have an agent sign if they lack capacity. If you don't know what you're signing, you can't sign it. Sure. Uh, what happens if you needed to sell real estate? You need and you lack capacity. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're married and you have a home. You bought the home together. Mm-hmm. Just because you're married doesn't mean that your spouse can sell the property for you. Mm-hmm. You each have a community property interest. How are you going to deal with spouse's interest if you want to sell or mortgage the property? A power of attorney. And by the way, that power of attorney must be recorded <clears throat> within 30 days of the transaction. So if you're going to have a power of attorney and you own real estate, we always recommend that it be recorded because if you lose the original, a photocopy cannot be recorded. Anyway, okay, so a power of attorney uh, is important uh, for various reasons. I'll give you a couple of stories on Medicaid. Oh, by the way, you could also have additional powers their statutory language. So the state legislature has a form power of attorney. That's what we see most of the time. Mm-hmm. Even attorneys prepare 
uh, statutory forms. The state says, okay, they have a whole laundry list, ADN, from real estate to digital to digital assets. By the way, and, and then they refers to the statute. So on it says real estate transactions, and then you look at the law. So there's a durable power uh, portion of the estates code. And in the estates code, let's say it says real estate transactions. What does that mean? Sell, lease, convey, hypothecate, mortgage, assign, transfer, etc. It goes through a whole paragraph and through this list of about 20 different topics, it each has a paragraph. So it's probably even a standard statutory durable power of attorney probably is about 10 pages of just things that you refer to. Okay. But even the statutory durable power of attorney doesn't cover everything. It doesn't cover, for example, the ability to create trust. So when it talks about a state trust and other benef- and, and, and beneficiaries uh, as far as the statutory form, it deals with existing trust. It doesn't give you the authority to create a trust. So that could be important. Um, also, um, there's lots of other things that the statutory uh, power of attorney does include. So there's different things called hot powers. Hot power, okay. Yeah. That's new. These are, these are <clears throat> things that are, okay, they're kind of a double-edged sword. They're really powerful, so before you do it. So usually we give people the options on these things. Oh, by the way, what happens if you do not have a financial power of attorney? Then you have to go to court to seek guardianship. Okay, so let me give you an example. Um, here, uh, you know, we've talked about Medicaid from time to time. Uh, in this case, um, the uh, for Medicaid, you have to get the ill spouse's assets to less than $2,000 within one year after you get eligibility for Medicaid. So let's say that the married couple had two hundred or three hundred thousand. Yes, there are ways to have more than a, more than somebody being poor to be eligible for Medicaid. We've talked about that on prior shows. But if you um, if you have to transfer the assets from the ill spouse to the well spouse within a year. So let me give you an example of a case. All right. So married couple has let's say three hundred thousand. We got eligibility, but one of the assets is property in Colorado, but it's really nominal in value. And then the other asset is a joint ownership of a life, life insurance policy that has a cash surrender value that is more than $2,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wife does not have a financial power of attorney. We, ha- we got the um, uh, wife on Medicaid last year. Every year they do a renewal for Medicaid to see if you're still eligible. Well, if that life insurance policy is not transferred to the husband, in this case, within the, at the time of the renewal is due, there's a loss of that public benefit. Hmm. What does that public benefit do? Remember, uh, we did a show <coughs> pardon me, a few weeks ago where we saved $6,000 a month we talked about because the government was helping pay for care costs. Remember, nursing home care is expensive. Average is over, well over seven thousand. It's usually seven to eight thousand dollars a month now. In some places, ten, eleven thousand dollars a month. So, this is a big cost as people live longer. If they, since most people don't have long-term care insurance, as was in this case. 
So we have to now, because the ill spouse, the one on Medicaid, had this joint life insurance policy, her half would have been more than 2000 If we do not transfer that asset, they will lose that, let's say, equivalent of $6,000 a month for as long, and, and then we may have to reapply for Medicaid. Okay. All right, so what do you do? You have to go to court and seek guardianship. So, and this was in a rural county, so we're going to explain to the rural attorney more likely to be a jack. They're not going to be specialists. You know, if mm-hmm. you go into a rural county, you got to do more things. You're going to sure. do criminal law. You're going to do probate. You're going to do mm-hmm. wills. You're going to do whatever you can to bring things into the, the door. Yeah. Uh, whereas in Dallas, uh, you know, just like in medicine and law, there's going to be more specialization. Exactly. All right. So we're going to talk to the attorney and say, okay, here's what you got to do. You got to get this guardianship. Like immediately, uh, if you don't, if you waited till the very end, because they didn't have a power of attorney, we have to transfer that asset. So, judge, if we don't do this, sometimes people seek temporary guardianships. There's things called community administration, but you're gonna have to have at least guardianship. And you, in, in rural counties, you're more likely to get things done quicker than in the sluggish uh, urban counties. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's too much demand. There's just in, in urban counties, Dallas, Tarrant, Denton, Collin, there are probate judges that all they deal with is uh, guardianship and probating of wills. Goodness. Whereas if you're in county, uh, they're just uh, in r- r- rural areas, they just have a uh, what's called a county court as opposed to a statutory probate court. And you might have a criminal matter, and then the next thing is a probate matter. Uh, it's just uh, there's less population, so you know there's you have you know one person doing all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, so okay, all right, um, attorney. Here's what we got to do, and you got to transfer these assets, and this is what you got to tell the judge, because if we don't do this, we're going to lose this benefit. Well, they play they play golf with the judge. They know that judge. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you had the city slicker attorney, they may not uh, feel as comfortable. Right. All right. I'm sorry to get yeah. into practicalities. Yeah, but that's but, life. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you know that's the way it is. I par- mm-hmm. pardon my um, honesty. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe that's not fair. But whatever. There are some instances where there, that. that that would be more okay. appropriate. Yes. So anyway, we have to do it because they didn't have a power of attorney. So the court and what happens with guardians? Oh, my goodness, now i got to get two doctors to say that the person lacks capacity, which is the case here. Uh, we have to – there may be uh, an attorney appointed for the, uh, the ward. In other words, before you take away somebody's rights, you have to make sure that they don't have capacity. Right. So now you have an attorney for – for the ward, uh, an attorney for the seeks guardianship, if somebody contests, not that they would in this case, you might have three attorneys, you may have to have an annual accounting, you have to get the court approval before you do anything, or their cell, maybe have an annual accounting. A lot of stuff, a lot more expense. If they just had the power of attorney, it would have been a lot cheaper and a lot less pain and aggravation for going through this. That's the whole point of this program, too, for Michael to give you considerations, ideas, and solutions. And the power of attorney can, I think he said at the beginning of the program, be more important than anything else you establish. But 
that is for uh, you to decide down the road once you attend Michael's next workshop to hear him out yourself in person and to ask a question about your individual circumstances that he will dutifully answer as best as he possibly can, which should then lead you to, on to the next meeting, which is the vision meeting, which is also free. That's another hour privately meeting with Michael to discuss your circumstances. But the next workshop is Saturday, July the 15th at 10 o'clock in the morning, and they're free. They're face-to-face, and they're outstanding. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, What we do at the workshop, and we call it a workshop and not a seminar because it's interactive. Right. We ask you what you want to know, mm-hmm. and for two hours we answer those questions. Of mm-hmm. course, there will be a small presentation as mm-hmm. well, but we'll see. What do you want to know? And you not only learn the answers to your questions, but you learn the questions of others. You're going to learn something. We always say you're going to learn something, mm-hmm. that the two hours are going to fly by, and that I hope that you have a little fun along the way. Yep. And I think that that will be the case because we've been doing these workshops for over 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and and we wouldn't be doing them if they weren't, you know, people successful. didn't like them. I yeah. think the word is successful right, right. because people really benefit from them, including yourself. Yeah, I mean, you know, even these radio shows, generally we talk about different topics every week. And uh, one of the things is, you know, like when we did – Oh, gosh, the physician-assisted suicide uh, show a few weeks ago, I was thinking, I don't know that much about physician-assisted suicide, but I learn. I want to learn. And you have to, just like everything in life, you continue to learn, or at least I hope you do. And if you do, then it just, just I don't know, I think it's good for everybody to continue to have that education, whatever it may be, because you're going to learn, and you're going to learn something here, because it's not, you know, mostly, uh, it's not your, you know, what you do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're going to learn not only from others, you'll learn from me as far as what the laws are. We never know what the questions are going to be, but I do know that you're, it, it, invariably, what most people say is, oh my goodness, there's so much information. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe inf- I hate to say it, maybe information overload, no. but, mm-hmm. uh, but whatever, at least you're going to learn something and you're going to have some fun along the way, and hopefully it'll be, make things better for you to at least so that your planning, whatever it may be, or whatever your questions may be, might be answered. If you go to the free Estate Planning Essentials Workshop, which, as you said, was on, and the next one's on July 15th on a Saturday at 10 a.m., then you also get a free one-hour vision meeting to go over your situation privately mm-hmm. if you would like. You don't have to do that, but that's three free hours of legal education without any obligation. All you have to do to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop on July 15th uh, at 10 o'clock a.m. is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Uh, or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. I'd also be remiss if I didn't mention that besides the three free hours of legal education, you get that free K-A-A-M coffee mug, the peep, the thing that everybody's been clamoring for, the thing that some people say Christmas begins in July. So here it is, coffee mug. I got it. That's what everybody, that's what my loved one wants, right? Yes. Uh, you get that free. <laughs> you do get that free. You get everything free. That's the nice thing about this. The uh, free coffee mug, free donuts, free coffee, 
free workshop and then free vision meeting. You can't go wrong. Um, I would uh, highly admonish you to take that next propitious step and sign up for the workshop, which is Saturday, July the 15th at 10 a.m. Dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or go to his website and listen to the podcast, get his newsletter, read his, his monthly reports on what's going on in the world and what you should know about. And that is DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, because that's what he is for us and for you, and that's how you remember it. Michael, what else about the power of attorney that people should know about? We've got about five minutes left. Okay, well, there's also additional powers, as we were starting to talk to about, was like the hot powers. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, one of the hot powers is the ability to create a trust so when I was telling you about estate transactions, I told you, or trust transactions in the statutory form, it doesn't give the ability to create a trust unless you specifically have extra power to say that. Mm-hmm. So here's the situation. Attorney, his client in this case, their parent uh, was going into a facility for long-term care. And if your income exceeds a certain limit for Medicaid, uh, by the way, in year 2023, that is $2,742, but who's counting? A month. Uh, if your income exceeds that limit, then you're ineligible for long-term care Medicaid. They had a statutory form. She goes to the bank and says, "I'm Mom lacks capacity. I'm the agent. I want to create a, a bank account. Bank says, I'm sorry. You cannot establish the account. This power of attorney is just a statutory form. It doesn't give the authority to create a trust. Mm. Oh, the attorney gets all mad. She says, what do you mean? This is the statutory durable power of attorney. It covers everything. How many times have I been told I have a statutory form and it covers everything? Mm. It doesn't. Right. And and even a lot of many attorneys in this case uh, may not know that. What they, a painful surprise that would be for some people. I, and I said, you know, I'm afraid that's correct. Um, so uh, the, even the, even the uh, estates code even says even if you have you could sometimes even establish a guardianship to create a trust if the person uh, lacks capacity. So we have one of the extra powers that they can initial is: Do you have the ability to create a trust. And it could be all sorts of different types of trust. In this case, it was an income-only trust. So if you had that authority, she could have gone to the bank and could establish the Qualified Income Trust, also known as a Miller Trust or QIT, to create eligibility for long-term care Medicaid without having to go to court for a guardianship proceeding. Just kind of like we were talking about earlier, sometimes you have to go to court seek guardianship. There's special rules regarding these type of trusts, by the way, uh, but but you could give the authority to create any trust. You could give the authority to create a revocable trust or other types of trust, and that may be valuable for various reasons. Other things that are, I'll be real brief on some of the hot powers that you could have would be transfer planning. A lot of times, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, there's no gift-giving authority, but mm-hmm. you may want to have gift-giving authority. Mm-hmm. 
uh, or it may be limited to the annual exclusion. The annual exclusion for gift tax purposes is $17,000 a year per person as of January 1st of this year. Um, so, but let's say you wanted to make a transfer of more funds. One of the exceptions, for example, I mentioned another Medicaid rule is to either a disabled child, got to be careful what type of benefit they're on. Mm-hmm. It's an exception to the transfer penalty rules. Or in the case of the husband and wife to make a transfer from one spouse to the other, mm-hmm. is there ability to do transfer planning? Uh, we even put in the ability to do marital partition, so it'll be the separate property in case the well spouse uh, died first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so transfer planning, another example would be uh, under Medicaid rules, if you transfer, let's say, to uh, for a college education fund for a grandchild that is either an irrevocable 529 or a UTMA account, Uniform Transfers to Minors Act account, then that is an exception to the transfer penalty rule. So I need the ability, if that was the case, to have the ability to do transfer planning. It could be that uh, if you have an IRA and you have a beneficiary who's disabled and you don't want to lose a benefit, you could have the ability to change the beneficiary. Or let's say you run out of um, people. You only had a couple people and one person uh, has died and the other one's going in for surgery? Do I give the ability to substitute for somebody else? Uh, Do I give that delegation power? So there's all these extra powers that you could put in there, and usually what we do is explain each one of these things, what's the good, the bad, the ugly, and let the person initial what those extra powers are in the financial power of attorney that I think everybody probably should have, even if they have no assets, because it might be to even sign a contract. In order for you to maintain control, because this is your state. It's your plan. It's what you want, and that's what Michael does. He tailors it just for you. Sign up for his next workshop July the 15th at 10 a.m. That is a Saturday. Dial 214-720-0102 or go to his website, DallasElderLawyer.com. Michael Cohen. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. Leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.